Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Breaking Changes podcast. I'm your host and chief evangelist for Postman, Ken Lane. With Breaking Changes, we explore the world of APIs through the lens of business and engineering leadership. Joining me today, we have Alexei Akamov, head of API at the payment platform Audion. I found Alexei's API first journey to be really insightful, and I learned a lot from his approach and found that his embrace of standards and that strong belief in the power of APIs to be pretty refreshing. Welcome. Who are you and, and what do you do? Hello, Kim. Hello, everyone. I'm Alexei, or simply Alex. I'm the head of API at Adium, uh, based in Amsterdam. And I've been a software developer that switched to technical writing, focusing on APIs and integrations, spend a good chunk of my time improving developer experience, setting up public developer relations, and now I'm responsible for audience API design, API strategy, and other API-related projects and processes. Nice. What is Audion? I know it's a payment industry, uh, payment API, but is it global? Is it is it regional? What what do you do? Uh, yeah, good question. So basically, Audion is a payments company with Dutch roots, and it's indeed available globally nowadays. It started in 2006, but has become widely known only maybe in the last few years. Uh, maybe you've heard a few years ago when eBay chose Adyen to become its payment service provider. And of course, now with the pandemic, everybody wants to go online. Everybody is looking for a way to accept payments. So Adyen is becoming more and more popular, huge growth. And uh, it's interesting because when I joined Adyen five years ago, it was still a startup before IPO. So, you know, like several hundred people, not, not more. <laughs> several hundred people for a startup. But just recently, I read in one of the articles where Adyen was referred to as a payments giant. And I was surprised, like, are we a giant? Uh, and it looks like that. So basically, Adyen is now defining the face of the payment industry in many areas. We are serving as a global payments provider for many brands. And uh, we provide payments on multiple channels like web, mobile, point of sale devices, all together presented in a, a unified commerce product where brands can also manage their shoppers and do a analytics on top of that. And Adyen is presented in multiple regions in the world and is supporting more than 200 different payment methods globally, which of course also means a lot of complexity and customizations. In addition to that, Adyen is also providing APIs for marketplaces or platforms such as eBay, as well as now provides card issuing and more products to come in the coming years. Wow, it's impressive. It's, it's definitely got to be a challenge to support all the different countries and regions and how people see the payment industry. I want to dive into kind of your journey delivering those APIs, but I'm, I'm a little interested in how you ended up there. Uh, did you join Audion as a, like, hey, I, I know a lot about APIs. I'm going to come do APIs for you. When I joined Audion, I was only in the beginning of the journey. Of course, I already knew what API were, but I joined uh, as a technical writer focusing on APIs and integrations because we were starting a team with a goal to really simplify the way we explain our integrations and APIs and have a top-notch documentation on developer portals and everything. This was an amazing journey. We even won several developer portal awards. And uh, then I was focusing also more on developer experience, uh, also becoming like an advocate internally and externally of what can be good for us to create uh, great APIs, great API design, what the industry trends and standards and then started heading our uh, API design efforts in general across the organization. So this is 
super exciting if you think about the scale of Radian, the amount of things happening, the amount of APIs and services, but challenging at the same time because everybody is doing things differently and you always think, okay, what's the big picture? What's the vision? How we can harmonize all this? What's the impact for our customers? And also what's the impact for our developers? How can we make sure that all things work together? It feels like as a technical writer, you were kind of the front line of questions and complaints and, and the pain that developers feel. Is is that what drove you to want to refine the the quality of the APIs and and the, and the overall life cycle? Yes, correct. So as a technical writer, and also I always consider myself as a developer at the same time, I was able to try a lot of things to see really the complexity where some things cannot be patched with documentation. Ideally, we need to think how we can simplify our products. And uh, there are always in every organization a great number of people working on the customer side, being able to see how you integrate with APIs, including technical writers, technical support, developer advocates, other developer experience folks. So altogether, also at Tadian, uh, we have quite a big team of people helping other teams, product teams, when they're developing APIs. We have API design processes, and now we're also the API review group, where we can set up the guidelines, where we can own the vision of the API design, and we can help with proper tooling and proper set design review sessions to make sure that we are creating great APIs altogether. There's a a phrase used in the space called API first. You see it thrown a lot around a lot. A lot of it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Do you consider yourself API first? Yes, sure. Actually, when Adin was started in 2006, it was already the API first company from the beginning because we were building the API platform, which was using a lot of services internally. But then you need to have APIs to connect to different card schemes and local payment methods. And externally, of course, you expose some APIs for your customers to be able to integrate with your platform. What's interesting, though, that uh, traditionally we were mostly implementing the code-first approach. So, of course, there was a need to look at the API design, to discuss it, to document it. But usually in this case, we generate API, open API files from code. What we started doing more and more, of course, in the last years, we started implementing the API design first, approach when we spent quite some time in the beginning to discuss the APIs, where we can include also different people from different teams to really look at how the actual integration will look like. And then together with development teams start and implement these APIs that were designed. Obviously, the biggest challenge here is that uh, you cannot spend months and months on designing great APIs. You really need to be fast. You really need to have all the experts in the room from different teams, and altogether, you need to decide how the API should look like. At the same time, your development team also wants to go further. They already want to develop the API. So what we noticed about that, quite often we are using a hybrid approach. We are API first for sure, but then it's code first and design first. It's a hybrid mode. We're trying to combine both depending on what's needed, how the team is going, or what they prefer, what tools we have, how much understanding we have. And this is very exciting to see. Yeah, I, I like hearing that. Makes me happy because a lot of folks tend to position as API design first versus API code first. You're either one or the other. And so that it can live together, I think, makes me very happy. But would you say, is it is it more important for companies who are, are waking up to this? Is it more important that you're API first or that you're API design first when, when you're first getting started with this? 
I would say, of course, I'm a big fan of API design first, but I must admit it's super important that you are API first. So without API first, it will be really difficult for you to build a successful company in the modern world when everybody is going to digital transformation building APIs. <laughs> and you know this, we're an API podcast right now, right? API design first, it's a very nice concept, but it really requires you to implement things in a perfect way. So you need to have good tooling, you need to have right experts, and you need to have an ongoing discussion. It's not something that you can do just once a month. So it should be also a culture of maybe enabling teams or in every team in your organization. And this means that you either like build this from the beginning, or if you're already an established company, you're trying to see how you can support your teams to become API design first. But yeah, it's more important that you're API first from the get-go. Agreed. And I and I think it's important that we separate that for folks and let them help them understand that. And another area that I see people stumble really, really quickly is a lot of people believe there's going to be one API lifecycle that start to finish how you do APIs and, and, and you just establish that and everything's perfect and you do design first as part of that. Do you, how do you view the API lifecycle? Is there one lifecycle or is there, is there many ways to get the job done? Yeah, it's a brilliant question because uh, some time ago, I really had a goal in mind that, okay, let's build this perfect API lifecycle and let's make sure that every team is following that. And we did quite some extensive analysis with a lot of learnings, actually. Okay, this is a stage where it's good to brainstorm on API designs, do some ideation, this is implementation, this is testing documentation, this is where you do the pilot testing and launch, and uh, then eventually evolve and eventually deprecate. So it's always good to have this big picture, but also we know that it's a lot of iterations and it's not waterfall, it's agile, so it's it's really always moving based on the feedback, and this is crucial. Then, of course, there are different teams, different products, different APIs with a different level of maturity. So in this case, the life cycle really becomes diverse depending on where you look at. And what I found to be really important to identify the areas that are critical for you to create good APIs. For example, you know that this team is starting, right? You need to know as they starting with a Jira ticket, as they starting with some code commit or something else. So you need to monitor, you need to make sure that at this point the API design is like reviewed or at least you have some basic understanding of that. Also, what I learned from that, that on certain stages, developers also just don't know what to do, don't have right tools, don't have right guidance. And it's our responsibility to provide these tools to make sure that we can optimize that it's not a bottleneck so that they don't spend the day on trying to figure out what to do in this case. In this case, yeah, it's uh, good to have this picture, but at the same time, you're absolutely right. There are so many different life cycles, especially in a big organization, uh, if you look at Italian, for example. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what I'm seeing across the space. And you touched on, I think, an important part of how you define or understand the API lifecycle is the tooling. The tooling really shapes how developers see it, either based upon the tools they already use or the adoption of new tools. How do you how do you see tools affect the API lifecycle and how your developers are delivering APIs? I see tools as a paved road. So basically, uh, tools usually define the way how uh, developers or other like, colleagues in your organization do certain things, and in some sense, they also define your culture in this case which is very interesting observation. I would say in the beginning of my journey, I was a bit blind, so I had the impression, okay, we made this nice API design, and now somebody else can do this in the way how we want it. But quite often it didn't happen, and when I started looking at this, I realized, okay, 
some frameworks that we are using. They just don't don't let you do this in, in a nice way. So w- when you write code for that, you naturally do a different thing. And uh, that's why I think having good tooling is super crucial. It's important. And obviously, if you think about API governance, API design, there are nice tools nowadays. We are using tools like Stoplight to collaborate on API designs. We are using Postman because it's a very nice uh, combination. With Postman, you can easily try a lot of examples. And this is also the way how you think about the integration, especially if there is a chain of calls, for example, you can easily test and have this collection always available for everybody who is having the discussion. And of course, tools like Spectrum, for example, is really growing now. And it's so easy because you can create a huge style guide with a lot of rules. But nobody's going to remember all these rules. So you just automate it one by one and include it in your continuous integration so that every developer before the commit, they can already see, okay, is it compliant with what we want to do? So there are plenty of things that we can think here. Um, and in this case, again, my hardest learning is that API, good API, good API design is not only what you see to the outside. You really need to understand what tooling supports good API development and API lifecycle. Yeah, I agree. Tooling is super important. Even like you said, even for us who are, know the processes, I I know I've created hundreds of spectral rules, but once I create them, I don't remember them. Like there's no way I'm going to remember all those rules. So what about standards? How does standards fit into the life cycle and, and the tooling? You mentioned spectral rules. This is very much about standardizing the design of the APIs, but wider, how do standards fit into how, how you deliver APIs? I believe that standards make your API lifecycle really powerful because then everybody is using the same like view and everybody has the same expectations of how your API should behave, what should be there, how it should be documented. And then you can reuse this understanding uh, by leveraging other tools that are supporting the standards. What I'm trying to say here that, for example, OpenAPI, which is becoming super popular nowadays in the API community, and I think with version 3.1, it became a very mature standard now. When you document your APIs, whether it's code first or design first, and store it in an open API format, then you can use other tools. For example, importing open API files into Postman, and you can already have a basics of your Postman collection or use Spectra for it or other things. I am very happy that now, by the way, uh, we have more and more support from the community and more and more companies are participating in the open API uh, standardization and development, but also async API is looking into ways how these two standards can be, I think, merged together, I don't know, somehow combined. And this is brilliant because there are so many things happening and uh, the more tooling you have, the easier for you to implement this in your organization, but also at the same time uh, to have the same understanding with your customers. In our case, for example, we expose our open API files, we publish them on GitHub. So everybody can just watch the changes, everybody can subscribe to that and use them to have better in-depth understanding what's going on. And actually we can have much more information in this open API files that are normally might be visible in documentation. For example, in our team, we spent quite some time on researching interparameter constraints. So actually one of my team members, he had a master thesis working on identifying the ways of interparameter constraints in complex web APIs. And in our case, it's super critical because we have so many different payment methods. And for every payment method, you need to see, okay, 
if you provide, for example, address in this country, you need to have this set of fields and another country this set of fields. But also if you have this country, then it should be this currency and this all other dependencies for, I don't know, your documents that you need to provide to do the KC verification or things like that. All this is currently uh, represented by a huge validation engine that is mostly part of our platform, but not so easy to expose, not so easy to document. And with things like interparental constraints that can be embedded with custom annotations in open API files, for example, you can achieve this level of granularity. So that's why I think open API is robust. And of course, the support of community can be much bigger. And uh, in general, I'm curious what other things, what other standards can help us all together to be on stage when APIs and people who are developing these APIs can easily talk to each other. It sounds like open standards and specifications play a, an important role, but it's tooling too, right? Open source tooling that supports those standards. It sounds like you have a mix of proprietary tools and open source tools that drive your, your API lifecycle. Am I correct? Yes, absolutely correct. In general, uh, we see that a lot of our spec depends on open source tooling, and this also makes us powerful because then, of course, it's evolving and it's evolving by the entire community. We see that in our case, it's super crucial that we also give back and support these open source frameworks and tools that are crucial for us. And we invested quite some time and, and also became sponsors of some of these frameworks just to make sure that they're developing and this is also becoming beneficial for the entire development community. Another interesting point that I want to mention here, last year we did quite extensive work together with W3C uh, because we see a lot of benefits in developing standards around payments for secure payment confirmation that can become a standard sometime soon. And this is just one of the areas where Adyen as a payments company can help to make uh, user experience better, but also to make interconnections between different APIs in different areas, not only backend to backend APIs, but also browser APIs and client-side APIs and other areas to become more robust, more advanced and available to the entire development community. I really wonder how many wonderful things can come in the next years. Because what we see, a lot of countries, a lot of regulators, they also realize that standardization is important. Now there is open banking and PSD tooling and other initiatives. Of course, I see there is still a, a long way to go to make it robust. But with all this support, uh, with support from governments, uh, when they started adopting open API files for different governments, APIs and organizations, I see that there's so much to come and it will be so interesting to see where our industry will be in a few years. You, you mentioned standards and government standards and PSD2. There's been a lot of talk around PSD2 over the last couple of years, but Europe, France, Germany have a, kind of adopted their own version of that. The UK and, and with Brexit has kind of adopted their own. So there's actually differences in how each market is is adopting these standards and so there's variances but then even more there's countries adopting psd2 that don't even have to they're they're following the standards in hong kong and brazil and other places standards sound like they they stabilize your industry but also sounds like it can it can add some complexity if if we don't do this well I totally agree with you. Of course, uh, there are uh, there's probably always two directions that we see. Sometimes uh, countries and technology uh, 
they want to make obviously more open, more compliant with each other because it gives you ability to grow and also to enable others to enter the industry, enter your market and bring value to each other. Uh, at the same time, of course, maybe some countries, they want to have more regulations, maybe basic on, I don't know, the expectations, uh, like how the industry will go, or they want to have more control. And personally, this makes me feel sad because I really like what the modern technology and what the internet brings to us. It really makes things easy. It really makes things interconnected. I would never imagine 20 years ago that I, I will be able to talk uh, to so many people using Zoom or the technology. And now it's possible. With a lot of tools that you have, you can achieve much better quality of life, much better fairness, and much uh, more freedom in the world, if I take it to that level. At the same time, uh, this means that we need to help each other, we need to enable each other, and we need to have common ways of discussing things and common ways of connecting to each other. This means that API, in that sense, is one of the core technology that we have right now to build the internet and to build all the future like tools and platforms and services, whatever you can imagine. And the more it's transparent, the more it's enabling every uh, new developer trying to build a new thing with this new API economy, the more efficient it will be for everyone and the less uh, disconnected uh, world we will see in the future. Yeah, I can't agree. Can't agree more. I mean, this is why I'm doing the API game, and I believe in in it connecting us in in important ways. Unfortunately, I also see it used not for uh, very positive. Use it to lock up things, consolidate power, maintain power, and other things. And so I'm I'm a big proponent so of of the standards and government regulation to do this. But you you also touch on an important point that I think is worth bringing out is. Do you think governments should adopt open API as a standard and async API as a standard for their own operations? Does it make it easier to deal with government? Because I know the Dutch government put out a, an official statement that they they support open API and it is the official standard. So do you, do you think this should be something every country looks at doing? Uh, yes, totally. Because then every developer can easily see, okay, this is open API, this is APIs that I don't know my um, municipality is providing, right? And you can integrate and you can analyze, you can build fantastic things. So actually this way it will make our society much more open. And uh, this will also lead to, uh, I don't know, a, a lot of other uh, new products and new services and new communities and new discussions that we can build on top of that. If they would come up with a new proprietary standard for exposing APIs, this would make it much more difficult. In this case, I would say we already have open API. Of course, there are other standards as well, but open APIs, as far as I see, is uh, widely adopted across the API community in general. So if all the governments start building their APIs uh, and also describe them with open API format as an API contract, this will make things much more easier. Agreed. So you... You talk about you talk about making things easy, and and APIs can do that. Um, there's also a lot about doing APIs that can make things harder, and 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 things aren't always that. It's not easy to change to change an organization. You can't just do APIs, and and the organiz the enterprise organization is going to change. Are in your opinion, are the 
the greatest challenge is more technical or is it more people and teams? What, what were, what were the hardest things you've encountered? I believe that the challenges rely on the edge of people of what I call culture uh, in your organization and tech. So you cannot solve cultural issues with just new tools and technologies you're providing, and you cannot achieve uh, right changes in your development culture without the tool. This is like the biggest learnings that I have. So basically, you need to always think about both and how this is combined. And there are a lot of big and small things uh, that I learned from different discussions. For example, first of all, when you start uh, talking about APIs, then maybe it's important to understand what other people mean by an API. Because some people think, okay, I made this service and this is my API, right? And and, and this is done. And it's working perfectly. It's, it's doing what they think should be done. API is, is a different in my mind. It's much more, or maybe not much more, but it's a different entity. It's more like a product. It's something that an interface that you expose it. And you need to think differently about that. And at the same time, for example, if you think about API design, again, for many people, it's about studying some things. It's about, I don't know, Canon case versus Snake case. It's about naming things. But design is much more than that. So it's architecture because the way you design your API, it defines how the people will be integrating with that what codes should they run, what database structure they should have, uh, what workflows they will be implementing. And sometimes your API design even affects the user experience that they will have because they will have to show an extra page in between because you have this extra call or your components required this to do so. This is quite complex. And uh, yeah, I don't have answer to all of this. But uh, it's an interesting challenge. It's an interesting topic to discuss with each other. So that's why I'm very happy that you have this podcast and inviting so many people also coming to it and uh, sharing their ideas. I'm constantly listening to it. Yeah, no, that's what I really like, enjoy getting at is, is I, I saw early on that, that you know, I'm a developer. I'm an old database guy. I've been doing databases since the 1980s. And I just see how... It, how it makes change. Um, it can change organizations at, at the, at the people level. It can make, it can make us work together. It's, it's brought in all kinds of relationships into my life. People that I know, other experts, other people who are super smart, way smarter than me that, um, and connected me, but it's not that direct API connection. It's not that we're all producers and consumers, but the, the journey, the journey around doing APIs is, is, is really rewarding, I would say. So, do you think are you gonna keep doing APIs for your career? Is this something that, that you're you're happy doing? Um, or are you is was it just kind of this this one stop along the way? To be honest, I feel that I finally found what I, I was really looking for. Because API it, it's from one side, it's a very much based on the technology, on the frameworks and tooling and decisions, so you really need to understand this part. At the same time, it's an art, it's a craft, right? So there are a lot of ideas, so we need to see more and make something beautiful. <laughs> and uh, if we go any further, it's a language that different well, like machines, different applications are using. It's an interface, right? We should be understand both by machines and people who will be implementing this. So it's quite an interesting area. There are so much, uh, there is still so much things uh, that you can do there and so many awesome people looking into that. 
I, I've met, uh, yeah, I always meet a lot of uh, great people at the different conferences now, of course, online, uh, that we can discuss this. And the more I learn about APIs, uh, the more interesting it seems to be. Do you think you have to be a developer to be in the API game? I think uh, everybody should be a developer to some extent. It, of course, means what like a developer is also a very generic term when you talk about developer experience and when I look, okay, this is in, in some presentations, so they show like an image of a nerdy guy and say, okay, this is a developer. But in, in my opinion, it's a simplification. It can be different uh, types of personalities, different experience. It can be backend mobile developer, frontend developer, it can be developer working on databases. We all develop and we all create uh, APIs, platforms, experiences. We all want to do something nice with this like small piece of metal and other things that we have in front of us. And we're all developers in this. Yeah, agreed. I think the APIs, I mean, I always feel a little crazy when I'm talking to people, normal people, because I'm like, APIs exist everywhere. I see APIs, you know, I'm walking down the street, they're behind the sign, they're behind the cameras, they're behind, you know, everything, the stoplights, uh, you know, in our in our pockets they're everywhere and people kind of laugh at me like i'm a little crazy i'm like no no they're really everywhere and and i think everyone should be aware of them and i feel like it's not like it's similar to our kind of our personal finance and 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 our banking and money it's you don't have to understand how the whole banking system works and and how ach and all the uh the different types of payment systems work but you should understand that it exists and you should understand who has access to your bank account and you should have a little bit of, of awareness. And so I'm always trying to get people being, you know, normal people understanding that APIs exist. And I'm going to call out my my show assistant who's not on camera, but Latroy. Latroy is helping me in this journey for season two. And he's a he's an API newbie. And we're going to we're going to school Latroy throughout this season. And I'm curious to see how he views the world when we come out of this <laughs> this season, because uh, it's an interesting world. So when APIs are important, always trying to convince people, help them see APIs out there. When you look around beyond Audion, what what APIs are important that that you think of and you think people should should pay attention to? I would say everything that allows people to connect to each other, allows people to support their daily life. And again, I will mention payments because I didn't realize how important payments are until we came into quarantine lockdown, for example, time. At the same time, all the APIs that are helping us to connect to people who are far away from us or not far away, they sit in another building, but then we still cannot talk to them. Of course, I can imagine there are APIs powering uh, a lot of infrastructure and, um, I don't know, health services which are crucial for us uh, to basically to feel good and to support each other. You know, almost every API has its purpose. Um, And in this case, if it's important for someone's life, if it's making our life easier, if it's powering some user experience, some web, some good apps, some other things that are needed for us, I would say they're, they're important. So I am not the one who can judge on the importance of all the APIs. It's up to every person looking, okay, what they're using on the data life, as you mentioned, APIs are everywhere. 
and then you will say, okay, in this case, this APIs are crucially important. So you need to think about them. Yeah, so I, I ask a lot of people that question. I've got 12 years of, of asking that. I've got several podcast seasons. And it's always very telling of how people see the world. And the usual response I get is, is either A, the APIs I've built, because they're really important and they matter to me and they're center in my life. The second group of responses I get are Stripe, Twilio, and the, and, the, and the popular APIs that are out there. But you did something that I don't see as often, but I think is actually the most important aspect of this. You just talked about the solutions and the human impact of APIs. Like you didn't rattle through any APIs. You just talked about, does the API make my life easier? Does it provide a solution? Does it make me happy? Does it... And that, that right there, that's where things are at. So kudos, you, you answered the question in a way that I don't get very often. And that makes me very happy. Thank you. All right. I'm happy that we're on the same page with this. Good, good. I think, I think we need more of you in, in the industry. So I think we've got probably most of the, uh, we've done pretty good here. Getting at, at the heart of what I was looking to, to talk with you about. Let's take it down to just now that we're at the people level. What motivates you? What What do you do outside of APIs? What 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 makes you happy, other than programming and, and building APIs and 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 making change that way? What do you do for fun? I like to meet with my friends. I like to travel, and of course, it's become becoming problematic in the recent years. But in general, I'm still hoping we can do this more and more often. I've got a wonderful family, my wife and three kids, so we love spending time together, uh, playing outside, and maybe sometimes, you know, disassembling some old computers and phones to see what you can find inside of them. So, yeah, basically, that's what I like to do. I really appreciate you being here today, Alexei. This is like, I mean, I love your view of the space. I love your view of the life cycle. And thank you for being with us. And I, and I hope you can join us again in the future, maybe for, a, you know, some TLDR episodes, some shorter episodes and talk about more about governance, but definitely stay in touch as you uh, continue your journey. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me and stay safe. Thanks again to Alexei for stopping by. For more on Alexei Akimov, visit them on Twitter or LinkedIn. You can subscribe to the Breaking Changes podcast at postman.com slash events slash breaking dash changes. I'm your host, Ken Lane. Until next time, cheers.